Hello, my friends, and welcome to True Presence for Catholic Moms, the show for Catholic moms who want to design their lives on purpose with the Lord. I'm your host, Kelsey Pascarell, and my mission is to equip Catholic moms with the tools they need to break out of overwhelm and build an intentional life. Today's episode is about an important topic for all Catholic moms, and really for anyone, and that is on how to suffer well. All of us encounter suffering in our lives in circumstances that are outside of our control, but we want to learn to face it with courage and holiness, to learn to manage our reactions and keep perspective. So if you find yourself easily derailed and overwhelmed when tough situations come your way and you want to build resilience, I think you'll find this episode really intriguing. We have an awesome guest on this episode, Christina Brown, who's going to share about managing our thoughts and how doing so can entirely shift the way we experience suffering. Christina is a Catholic life coach, a mom of six, and co-host of the podcast, Thanks Mom, in which she and her daughter explore how to live out the extraordinary in the ordinary. Hey there, Mama. This is True Presence, the podcast where Catholic moms like you and me learn to be embodied souls. St. Catherine of Siena said, be who you were meant to be, and you will set the world on fire. In the midst of hurry, worry, and social media, we're doing a 180 and focusing on real presence, communion, connection, natural living, and bringing eternity into our hearts and homes. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I'm so glad you're here. All right, friends, I know it seems a little bit early to be talking about this, But believe it or not, Advent is right around the corner. And I want to ask you something. How do you want your Advent to feel this year? Because I bet for a lot of you, it actually feels like one of the most rushed and hurried and crazy seasons of the year. And what I want my Advent to feel like, I want it to feel pensive and peaceful and reflective I want it to be time with family spent in prayer and preparing our hearts and our homes for Christmas. The way that we can do that is by getting ahead of it, to not let Advent become the season of all the shopping and the commercialism and the rushing around for all the last minute things. What we're going to try to do and what I'm planning for you guys is to host a three-day challenge where we're going to start our November by getting all of our planning done so that you can get ahead this year. Get your Christmas stuff done. Get in a place to where Advent feels slow, unhurried, and peaceful. If you want to sign up for that, I've got a link in the show notes. The challenge is called Savor Advent. Please sign up. Invite your friends. I can't wait to see you in there. Christina, thank you so much for being with us today. I wanted to just give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, share a little bit about your background before we dive in. Sure. Thanks, Kelsey, for having me. So I'm Christina Brown. I'm a Catholic life coach, speaker, and podcaster. I co-host the podcast, Thanks Mom Podcast, with my uh, new college graduate, my daughter, Grace. Uh, she and I have been podcasting for about two years, but I'm also uh, been married to my husband, Paul, for 23 and a half years. So we're coming up on 24 in this winter. And we are blessed to raise six children, ranging from about 22 and a half down to four and a half. So if you do your math, yes, that's an 18 year spread. And uh, so it's a bit of a 
organized chaos, as I think some people say. Uh, so I have the I have the span of everything, and I've had the span of everything from uh, now a new college grad all the way down to preschool. But just because of that doesn't mean I know everything. Though I try to be helpful because I am experienced a lot, and I just really try to find the joy in the everyday. Um, living out the extraordinary and the ordinary is my big kind of mantra or, you know, St. Irenaeus is the glory of God is man fully alive. I just really comes to life coaching through a lot of different mom and life experiences. And so I just really love speaking to Catholic women and encouraging them to just live out joy in their vocation. So I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Christina. I love that. I think it's such an important ministry, especially, you know, moms, they're, they're the good fight. You know, uh, I think it was uh, John Paul II. He said, as the family goes, so goes the nation and so goes the whole world. And this mission, it's its really, it's no small thing. And being equipped for it is, in a way, one of the most powerful things that any of us could do. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey, your experience into how you've learned to manage suffering. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've had some, it, you know, we always say like hindsight is twenty twenty, And I've had some experiences in my life that I didn't realize the suffering I had gone through or was going through until, you know, I was going through that next, next struggle. Um, so like I said, I'm a mom of six kids and um, my husband's a physician. And I have walked that journey with him the whole way through. We've grown up together. We got engaged right after he was accepted to med school. We got married in the middle of his first year of med school. And so some of my journey begins then as we got married. And my idea was, I'm going to put him through med school. I was a senior in college at Michigan State at the time. And he was entering. um, And we got married. And then we found out we were expecting our first child three months later. And so that was the first, you know, big thing that I was like, okay, so God's really in control and not me. Um, he, well, I can only imagine. Yeah, it, was, overwhelming. Um, it was, and I wasn't laughing. And now even looking back, I can see God's hand and his providence in that. Um, but it was a very challenging time uh, because a lot of my friends were still, they were all in college. I remember walking on college campus on just starting to show, you know, their, you I was expecting in February, so it really, wasn't really showing until the summer. I came back in the fall after I graduated and felt a million miles apart from these students that I had just been walking this campus with. And we were on campus a lot because my husband was still there in grad school. And, you know, fast forward, we moved. I was more isolated. Now my friends were, you know, newly graduating. So they were working. If they were engaged or buried, they were young professionals. They weren't having families. And... um Fast forward even more to residency brought us to Grand Rapids. And now our child was growing and we were struggling with, hey, do we want another baby? And we couldn't get pregnant. And I didn't recognize that secondary infertility until years later when I really understood what that was. And in that time too, we suffered a miscarriage. And I was away from family. I was in a new city trying to make new friends, but I didn't really have much help. And there was just, I had already gone through this bout of loneliness when we are on the other side of the state and married with a big B. Um, I think that's something so many of our listeners can relate to. You know, I've had a number of people reach out and just tell me how they find this so hard. They don't have that village. And and that's, 
it is hard. It is really hard to do this without your village. Yes. And that's what I was trying to cultivate. So when we were on one side of the state, I was actually in proximity closest to my grandmother. And it was still like a half an hour. We had chosen to live in the middle of where we had all these friends, where my husband was working. But like I said, they weren't home. It was those days that just were very long with his hours. And he'd come home and I'm like, how is this supposed to work? Like, this is just not fun at all. And he comes in and he's exhausted and I just need out. And I'm the extrovert more of our, our relationship. And he'd be exhausted and we have this baby to care for. And I remember really struggling and being angry with the Lord. Like, he brought us together. I love this man. We love our daughter. But this is hard. And where where is this? And, and anyway... So I really, really was crying out to the Lord those times. He did provide in different ways. He did provide a mom. I did, you know, we were about peers and I could do something, a small mom's group, but it was just few and far between. I didn't have that tribe, that village. And so we moved to Grand Rapids and we were starting to put down some roots and he finished his residency and we got a job in this area. Um, At this time, we did have our son. I was really adamant that I didn't want to move outside of the city. We're just, our oldest was going to be starting school. And I said, you'll be the one commuting because we're finally starting to form friendships. Um, and yeah, our oldest was like preschool into kindergarten. So, and I think that is, it is very true. And homeschooling has that village too. I haven't had that experience. You know, my kids have gone through the Catholic school, but I, I tell a lot of new moms that like, it really does change when you get a kid to that school age because you start making those friendships because you just have that commonality. And as you, and you want to get to know your kids' friends, right? And their parents. And because I think it is very isolating. I felt very isolated for a long time, even being an extrovert and somebody who I really know I'm good at being a good friend and I'm loyal and supportive and I'm like, but it just took time. Um, But we slowly built our village and now let's jump forward a lot. And um, I have a, my daughter that I was talking about, our oldest, was graduating high school. At that time, I found out I was pregnant with my sixth child as she was moving into her senior year. And that um, even our fifth and sixth were a little more unexpected. And that provided a lot of turmoil where I thought God was bringing us to this next level. My kids are all going to be school age. And here I was back in diapers again. And I'm trying to launch a child. Um and in the midst of her launching and that summer following her senior year, and now I have a six-month-old, our son came to us with major anxiety and depression issues. And that threw my husband and I for a whirlwind. We knew we would have challenges in this life, but we didn't think it would be bad. And through his story and us trying to find help and therapy, it brought me to life coaching. And seeing, because I needed tools to try and understand how to support him in the midst of suffering. So and that's when a lot of my suffering became like, oh yeah, that was suffering. How can I support my baby, this young man, this youth that's growing, who feels just like God abandoned him in the midst of this? Like he at this time was 15, 16. What do you mean they're suffering? Like, where is God in all this? And his faith that was so strong really began to like waver and get almost bitter. Like, why, why is this? I believe, I do believe. I can't imagine, honestly, you know, it's just, it sounds like something where you would just feel so, so helpless, right? Because you can't fix it for them. 
Right. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing was how to walk alongside someone, how to try and teach your child how to unite. What does it mean as we Catholics to unite our suffering? And I think we, a lot of times this world with being Catholic, we really want to see things as black and white. And in this journey of walking with him and suffering, and that created our suffering. My husband and I were suffering a lot and it stressed our marriage. It was hard to talk about things because it was so emotionally packed and still even talking. It it just brings up things very much to the surface. Uh, And it was a big two-year struggle. And it's not great now. It's much better. And he's grown. He's in college and um, he still struggles with a lot of the anxiety, but it's much more managed. Um, but I just come to see that there can still be joy and suffering. Our Lord is still Lord and he is still there walking with us. He never, like, I have this quote here. So I love this book, Searching for and Maintaining Peace by Father Jacques Philippe. It's one of my faves. Yes. And Kelsey's like, yeah, I say we are. She, and, and this is one of those books that if you haven't read it, especially I know a lot of this audience is young moms. It's, uh, let's see, what, less than a hundred pages. It's broken down into paragraph style. Okay. I lied. It's 110 pages. It's um, so wonderful, guys. Like I have to say this book is life-changing. And it's like the chapters or the paragraphs are like two pages long. And mine is just covered in different highlights. And the minute I put it down within another week or month or so, I pick it back up and I start reading it. So I think I'm on my third or fourth time through. But it talks about the fear of suffering and it says that he never leaves us deprived of what is essential, his presence, his presence and all that is necessary for the complete fulfillment of our lives according to his plans for us. If he permits suffering, so we know that God permits suffering. We know he never says this life will be without suffering. And so I think when we ask that question, like why? It's like, well, why not? We knew it was going to be. So if he permits suffering, we know he will. Then the strength to believe, as St. Teresa Lucinu says, that God does not permit unnecessary suffering. So I think that is the challenge. Um, and it's still the challenge for me with my children of how to show that we might not see it on this side of heaven, what is necessary through this suffering, but there is something that's coming from it. I see now that a lot of my suffering is here today because I'm here with you and I can share about it and say, yeah, life is full of suffering. But here, this is how I learned to unite my suffering with the Lord, to try and teach and look for it, teach where the joy is in that suffering, but also look for it in my own life to say it can be both. And we want that black and white. It's either suffering and we're in the trenches and I'm suffering. That's all there is. Or I have joy and it's all there is. And it's like, no, we can have both because we can look at our suffering and still find the Lord in it. You know, so- when you've gone through hard things, you go, you know, you never really know what is going on in someone's life. You never know why they're making the decisions they're making, what they're trying to do just to cope. And you don't know what their journey is going to look like in the long run either. You just know that God is at work here and have to trust in. Yes. God is always at work in all of our lives. He's always about walking with us. And there's a reason, like nothing is without reason. And I even think sometimes 
we think we can over-spiritualize something. I remember being kind of wary of that. And the more I do it, it's like, no, like this, this day is for us. It's a gift to us. Like the fact that we're breathing and having this conversation is that our Lord loves us so much that he's with us and thinking of us at this moment, because if not, we would cease to exist. My son went through those trials. Yes. Yeah, some for me to be able to share them with you and with others in my ministry, but also for him to be able to see, look what I've overcome. And I pray that someday he'll be able to share that with his children or with others to say, this was a really dark time in my life and look where I've come. And just like I can look back and go and minister with women and mothers and sit with them and say, yes, this is hard. And, and it's not to negate. We can say and cry out to our Lord, like this is suffering and my desire is not to suffer, but yet I still choose you. And I still choose to seek joy, to seek you in this because I know you haven't abandoned me. And I think that was the biggest thing that my husband and I held on to in that time was our faith. And that I don't get the why, I don't understand, and I might not, but there's freedom in There's freedom in not having to figure out the why. And I think that can frustrate us, but when we sit with that for a minute, like just sit with it. You don't have to know why things are happening. And you can just abandon and say, hi, Lord, I just trust you. I leap into your arms, carry me. We can lean back on him and just be carried and be loved by our father. That doesn't say there's no hurt. That doesn't say it isn't hard. But my Lord, thank you that I don't have to figure it out. That's God's job. And that's so free that I just give it to God. And I walk when the door opens, when the door shuts, I stop, I look through the window. And I just go. I think we tend to overcomplicate things so much. And especially when we're moving through suffer, we don't have to. We can just say, no, Lord, I just throw it to you. I can't do this alone. And that's really what he wants. To say, yeah, you can't. You can't do it alone. You have to abide in me and, and lean on me so that I can work with you. And he will. He totally will. This teaching is actually, it's in many ways, one of the things that brought me into Catholicism. I remember I was actually going through a really dark time in my life. I had been through a number of miscarriages and I was pregnant and um, my pregnancy had a lot of complications. It was very high risk. I was put on bed rest and I was not getting answers from my church on this at all. Uh, My church at the time and I came across uh, a quote by St. Therese that, so a lot of what the philosophy that I had been exposed to was, well, if you can't find joy, then you just don't believe hard enough. Ah. If, if you just trusted God more or had more faith, you would feel joy. And I came across this quote by St. Therese of Lisieux. said, May Jesus pardon me if I have caused him any pain, but he knows very well that while I do not have the joy of faith, I am trying to carry out its works at least. And it was this, this paradigm shift for me sure. that faith isn't a feeling. Faith mm-hmm. is a decision and an action. And when we're suffering, we might not feel joy and happiness, but we still have a choice in carrying forward. Yeah. I think 
so true. Um, of what you said, especially when it comes to like feelings versus choosing. And we've talked about a lot in life coaching about these tools that of recognizing that our thoughts are choices and how our, our brain is giving to, given to us by our Lord. And I think we as women get really caught up a lot in thinking that our thoughts are actually the reality. And so with working with my clients, I really poke holes in their thoughts. And I say, you know, is that how the Lord would speak to you? Is that truth for God? And when we do what the scriptures say then and hold our thoughts captive to the Lord, we start to see them in, like you said, that paradigm shift of what is truth, truth with the capital T. And when we hold them always to that light and make ourselves accountable, then we really do and can start to have that paradigm shift of going, oh, I'm choosing to think this. And the way I think affects my feelings and it drives certain actions and produces certain results in my life. And if I'm not liking those results, then I need to shift and I need to be choosing my, my thoughts more intentionally. And a process, isn't it? Like it it's is. not an all at once kind of thing. But please no. tell, tell me more about this because like, I know you were saying you had a big shift. Right. At some point when you discovered these tools. Yes. So with my son going through that, like we were working with through therapy, we were working, you know, with him, uh, as a couple of myself. And I kind of got to the end of this going, I get what the issue is. And therapy is definitely, I'm, I'm very supportive and it's very good for, you know, looking back and working through things. But I got to the end where it was like, okay. I'm surviving here, but I want to thrive. And that's when life coaching came into my life. And it was just profound and life-changing of understanding this, of coming to realize, wow, a lot of these things that I hold to be beliefs are just these negative thought patterns that I've been believing and thinking for truth for so long. And I really haven't been holding myself accountable to the Lord for how I speak to myself, for what I believe about my family. They're just thoughts. There's not, they're not actual circumstances or reality. They're just really what I'm thinking about my circumstances and reality. So we, I teach my clients what's called the model, which is really, okay, what is actually a circumstance? Is it something that's fact-based that could hold up in a court of law? What are your thoughts about that? That, like I just previously said, then creates a feeling that drives actions and produces results. And these tools came into my life at the time that was just life-changing to go, wait a minute. And I questioned that thought. I really didn't think that. I don't think I understood. It just was like all mushed together. And I felt like I was on this juggle wheel. And I was like, I need help. And I need tools to apply this. And so in learning these life coaching tools, it drove me to want to be a life coach that the Lord just, it was that time that I saw him open up this door. I'm like, now's the time. This is, I know, I've known the plans for you, like the scriptures say, plans to give you hope in a future. And he knew the plans when I was in my 20s and 30s, and he has plans for me now in my 40s, and he will have plans for me in my 50s and 60s, and hopefully beyond, you know. But these were things that, given those tools that I was actually able to apply, my, my son was learning a lot of these, because a lot of them are based in cognitive behavioral therapy. He was learning those in therapy. And my husband and I were like, we need to catch up. And so it was things I started learning through coaching that I could teach my other children to communicate with this son because he was learning to communicate that way. It was beneficial to my husband and my, our marriage that was really tense. 
in a lot of ways when it came to communicate because it was these really emotion-packed issues. And it it just opened up a whole different insight of how I look at my life, how I look at my vocation of raising my children, um, how I teach my children, how to think about and manage their emotions and their frustrations and um, their stress. And so it's really just really changed how I talk to myself and talk to my kids and my husband and all that and learning them um, and in different age appropriate ways. But these were tools that I was like, I need this and I want to give these to others. It had such an impact on my life. Uh, so that's really where the change started shifting was learning these life coaching skills. Yeah, I think these this is just such a powerful way of separating ourselves and our identity out from our circumstances. And, you know, even those unintentional thoughts, right? It To me, when I first discovered it, it was like, this is the secret to interior freedom. This idea that we can think on purpose, that we can adjust our thoughts. Because no matter what your circumstances are, nothing can take that away. Right. Right. And that that goes back to this book, The Searching for and Maintaining Peace. These thoughts, our brain was given to us by the Lord. We were entrusted with this. We have the ability to control those thoughts. And when we invite the Holy Spirit in to be working with that, wow. It's right there in the Bible, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It is right there. We're supposed to be learning to do this. I think that whole recognizing that we are called to hold our thoughts captive. We are given this command to be obedient to the Lord. Like our thoughts shouldn't just in general even be subjective throughout the day. Like we should be questioning, where is that coming from? And is that how the Lord speaks to me? Especially when women, we get into a lot of negative thinking about ourselves specifically and how we speak to ourselves and how we allow it. And I I say allow because it's like having really questioned that. And I ask women, would you speak to your daughter that way? Would you tell her what you just told you yourself? And usually you see women go, oh no, I would never say it. And I'm like, then why are you saying it to yourself? Because I don't think your heavenly father speaks to you that way or would speak to your daughter that way. And if you wouldn't even say that to your child, why are you saying that to yourself? Where are you taking this belief from? And I know it can be when you have a lot of young kids and in the trenches like that, I think gets ingrained in you. We call them neural pathways. We get ingrained in this way of thinking and we just hold that to be this belief. It's And it's really the story that we tell ourselves becomes this belief. I know it happened for me and I didn't even realize it until later till I got into life coaching and my coach was questioning like, where did it come from? You know, tell me all this good that you have. You have these six children. You've been married for this many years. And our, our life looked great. Yes, we were struggling. We're all going to struggle. It all goes back to that. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to suffer. But that doesn't mean that we have to walk through our lives in this cloud of dew. Our God is still the God of the universe. He still sent his son to suffer and die and to be resurrected so that we can have life eternal with him. And that alone, in the midst of suffering, should be like, yeah, there is joy. Because the resurrection has happened and will be coming for us. You know, what are we living on earth here to raise these saints, right? To get our husbands to heaven, to get our kids, hopefully, to heaven and teach them to choose. So I think that, yes, we do need to recognize it's so easy not to when the busyness of life 
is around us. But when we can pause and be intentional, it's like, okay, let's think about this. Let's really bring awareness. So if I think if there's one thing to take away from this is like, can you pause to actually start to recognize the thoughts you think about either yourself or your life throughout the day and ponder them and take that to the Lord um, because it's eye-opening. And, and we do have a lot more control over it than, than we can imagine. I like to think of it as the thoughts we think, they're, they're a bit like, you can imagine like, you know, a virgin snow, right? Right. When you think a thought, and it's kind of like that first set of footsteps in the snow. If you think it again, you walk through on the same footsteps, it starts to become a path. And the more you do, the easier it is for you, for other people to continue through that carved out path. And, and thoughts, they're, you know, we, we get to choose which of those paths we take, which of those that we carve out. And I've heard, um, this analogy, I forget where it came from, uh, that yes, we do get unbidden thoughts, but it's a bit like being in a train station. And we, if we imagine them as trains that are just coming in, we don't have to get on. Right. We don't have to board every train. We can let it go past us and then choose a different one. Right. And I think that's so true. I love that. I haven't thought of that virgin snow analogy. I think I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal that from you if that's okay. <laughs> and, but yes, because I've heard of the train, but like with the clouds, but I like the train better because there's a direction more, right? And we can see the direction it's going. But we're not, we're not saying to avoid the thought or the feel. I think a lot of times, going back to the whole black and white analogy of what we want, especially as Catholics, like, when there's this yucky feeling that comes up and it's like, well, no, because I'm a Christian. I'm just going to choose to be happy or I'm going to choose to, you know, this. And it's like, no, we we do have, if, we're, if we have the feeling of happiness and joy, the reason we can have that is because we have the sorrow, you know, and we have to have, and we, if we never had any negative thoughts or allowed those, then the happy thoughts and the exciting and the joyful ones, the ones we want, wouldn't be, right? They'd just be like, ne- like neutral. So we do need that. And we don't want to just push away the negative, but we don't have to jump on the train either. I love that because where's that going to go? And then my next question is like, well, how is that going to serve you? If you're believing that thought and that feeling, where's that going to take you? Where's that train headed versus one either in the other direction or a different direction of, of going? So we're not, we don't teach our clients to avoid, but to really acknowledge, but then also to hold that thought captive and that like, do I want to choose to feel this way? Um, I have this great example where I was really angry about something somebody had said to me. Um, this was a couple years ago when I was just learning this. It's very frustrating. I was in the car and I was just learning all these tools. I just couldn't believe this. It just, it got me really worked up in a tizzy. Like I was just like, I'm angry. This was just rude. This was pointed at this. And my husband, we were driving somewhere. My husband's listening to me. And then I said, all right, I'm angry. I've chosen it. And now I'm moving on because I don't want to be angry and I'm over it. And he just looked at me like, I would not have been like before. I would have been really bound up in this. I would have held on to this, like created this either resentment or this grudge and just let it fester. And it was like, no, because now I don't want to be angry anymore. And I'm choosing to take responsibility for my emotion and my thought about this. And I think that's in the midst of suffering. We can go, yes, this is suffering, Lauren. This is hard. And I'm crying out and I'm angry. 
but I am still going to choose to see that's a beautiful day. I'm going to still choose to see the beautiful life of my child and those around me that there still is good here and we can be responsible. So we can, it is one of those things that we always say there's this both and there is going to be suffering in the midst of suffering. There is going to be joy. And I think also we don't have to be guilty about, you know, we know there's suffering out there and there's war and all that. And we're still living our lives with our children here and are joyful. And so when that suffering comes from those far off places into your life, and maybe for me in my circumstance with this one child, I still could experience joy. And that didn't negate his suffering or make it less real or, or less acknowledged. It just shows that hand in hand. So sometimes when we can put them in those other type of analogies or circumstances, we see how they can both coexist um, and how the Lord is still with us in that. So it's not just this rain cloud or this sunshiny rainbow day, you know? So. And I think that right there, that's the key, right? Because we're not, we're not avoiding pain. We're not avoiding suffering, but we are trying to figure out how to navigate it, how to experience it in a wholesome way. And that's, that's where this idea really comes in because pain, pain in many ways, it opens up to being able to love deeper. Yes. I think, yeah, that's very, very true that there is both of that there. They can coexist side by side in that. And that's where I love just this idea of living out extraordinary in the ordinary. My whole life has been as a stay-at-home mom, not my whole life, but like that's been my main vocation as I've chosen to stay home and raise my children. Yes, now I'm working from home and life coaching, podcasting, speaking, that type of thing. So some of those things take me outside of the home. But basically for 22 years, 23 almost, I've, I've been in the home and that's where the Lord asks us, okay, so yeah, another kid threw up. This is painful or annoying or frustrating but this is still my vocation. You know, we don't just like, we do have a choice. We could just leave it there. We have a choice. You know, a lot of people are like, you don't have a choice. And I'm like, no, you, you do have a choice. But we we raise up and we go do that. Like my daughter had hurt herself, my four and a half year old yesterday. And she was so nervous because she was injured pretty severely. Like she's okay, but it was very painful for her. Um, doing something she wasn't supposed to be doing. She was, you know, on my exercise flight. <laughs> She just knows it's off limits. Okay. She was very nervous to tell me how it happened because she was nervous I was going to get. I could bring out this compassion. I could say, what does she need now? Right now, she needs my love. She needs my compassion. We, We know that as mothers, right? In the midst of this trial, I can still love her. I can say, yeah, okay. Now you probably learned your lesson pretty well. This really hurts. Um, I don't think I have to reprimand her. She, it's speaking for herself type thing. But how do we bring that holiness? How do we sanctify those moments? You know, even just the cooking and the cleaning and the diaper changing. It's like, yeah, Lord, you've brought me to this. You are here. Do I love doing this? Is there joy in this all the time? Like I'm teaching my kids who are, you know, moving into like college and outward. And, and I think this generation thinks like, oh, we have to love our job. We have to do all this. And I'm like, I, I love being a stay-at-home mom. I don't like a lot of the day in and day out. It's it's just grudging. I know my husband is trained to be a physician. Like he wants to heal people. He doesn't want to do the business side of it. But we do that because it's part of the whole job. And when we then bring it to the Lord and say, just sanctify this, you know, and we pray for those people as we're folding the laundry, we pray for that child as we're cleaning up the puke and changing the diaper or making the dinner. 
now all of a sudden this ordinary task that just is just uh, part of everyday life becomes and we just be able to see the joy in that in the midst of the frustration and just give it to our Lord. And that's where our faith is so beautiful. And I love our faith that we can do that. And it's like, no, this is how we pray all day long. This is how we are constantly, when it says to pray constantly, because we've sanctified these moments, just like we can sanctify our suffering and pain. Thank you so much, Christina. This has been just a fantastic conversation. I just, I love your insights and thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a joy and just reaffirming like what God is doing among people. And so I, I hope it's helped you. I know it's helped me and, um, and well as your listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you if they want to talk? Oh. Yes. Uh, I am on Instagram at Christina underscore underscore M underscore underscore Brow. My website is ChristinaMBrown.com. It has all of my speaking, podcasting, and coaching pages there. If you're interested, you can just uh, schedule any type of discovery call with me and we can talk more about what your interests are. Yeah. Well, thank you. And anyone who is worried about writing all that down, I will have that in the show notes. So don't worry. Yes. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Kelsey. All right, friends, if you liked this episode, one of the ways that we can get more awesome guests on this show is if you leave a review. So scroll to the bottom of this episode where the reviews are and hit those stars and then write me a little message about what your favorite episode was. I promise to read every single review and keep trying to get you the guests and information that helps you through this mission of motherhood.